Welcome to that, that Davis show. I am your host, Kenneth Davis. Please follow me at That's Davis on all social media platforms. I'm always fortunate enough to be joined by my partner and executive producer of That Davis Show, Ryan Bukovetsky. Please follow him at Ryan B. Ski and Ryan B. Ski one on Instagram. Um, listen, we got to talk about something near and dear to my heart and uh, across town from Ryan and what's near and dear to his heart uh, as being someone that hey. even though he lives, lives out of town has Cub season tickets that he profits from, 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 as he should. Yeah, I like how I got them when I left town. So it was very useful in that regard. It's just so that you were looking at how to improve yourself economically, boost your economic standing. Yeah, we uh, kind of messed up a little bit with them early season games. I wish they had like a White Sox package where you only had to do like X amount of games and you qualify for playoff tickets. Right, but the Cubs make you buy the whole thing if you want it, and it's like we messed up so early on. We weren't paying attention as strongly on like selling the tickets, so we took a little dip this year. But if they make the playoffs, we'll be back. We'll be back more profitable, which is good and for I, you. But that's I not- don't know if you know with the the white socks like. You got to pay for the entire like season package with the Cubs for the playoff tickets, and whatever like level they don't get to, that's just credited for next year's tickets, kind of thing. So we got to mm. pay like literally what we paid for the season tickets for the playoff tickets. Wow, wow. All right, Ryan, but that's not why we're here. Um, <laughs> why? Yeah, the other side of town. Yeah, White Sox, the VP of Baseball Operations and former general manager, Kenny Williams, along with uh, general manager Rick Hahn, were let go by the owner, Jerry Reinsdorf, this week. Um, We all would think it's been about time, but usually with this organization, and you can say the Chicago Bulls, which uh, Jerry Reinsdorf owns both, um, they hold on to people that are in the front office. Um, Jerry Reinsdorf has... Uh, a lot of loyalty. I'll give him that positive, but it comes back to bite him in some ways when those uh, people aren't necessarily they were doing their job at the highest level or or, or adapting to how perhaps um, their job has changed, you know, particularly in a sport like baseball, how analytics has become a huge part of baseball the last 15 years or so. Um, and not just trying to just totally just the analytic department, but you kind of get what I'm saying. Also, the just not tra- tra- not transitioning from the type of player they used to draft were back in the days, particularly when Kenny was in charge, it was players with high floors instead of players with high ceilings, or it was identifying a player and not moving off of him just because you fell in love with him and overdrafting him in a rounds that perhaps that player would have been drafted by other organizations. Um, I'm happy, but I'm fearful because this is the White Sox. And we've already heard, about uh, White Sox assistant general manager of player development, Chris Getz, having an in uh, this week. Uh, Bob Nightingale basically said that Chris Getz and Jayden, Trayton Moore, a uh, former uh, Royals um, uh, general manager, now senior advisor of baseball operations for the Texas Rangers, will basically come – well, not, not come. Chris Getz will be elevated to general manager. Drayton Moore will become an executive. I don't think Drayton Moore has done anything with the war Royals that make me think I need me some of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm happy they finally got them one, but how long did it take? 
how many times they have to reshuffle. It sounds a lot like what I had here already, to be honest with you. I don't want more of that. I want extreme confidence. I also want, if we're going to act like a, a mid a mid market team at times, someone who accelerates when it comes to farm systems, so that one you have that that lifeblood coming into your team, but also you have assets that you can move to bring in players that perhaps you wouldn't get to sniff in free agency, and you can at least get them to come here then, and perhaps they can fall in love with this organization and then resign when their contract is up. Um, that's what I want to see. So. I want to ask you, what do you think first before I get into some of the candidates out with that we, we would prefer or interest us or have been discussed and talked about? What did you think about Jerry releasing uh, Rick Hahn and uh, uh, Kenny Williams? Well, it was definitely surprising when they did it to me. Um, I, I guess maybe surprising isn't the best word because it does seem like that's a very Chicago sports thing in general. Like we've talked about it multiple times where do you want these people handling the trade deadline if you're going to eventually like fire them type thing? And that sort of played out. But, you know, I wouldn't say that's an uncommon thing, especially in the city of Chicago. I feel like we see that kind of stuff all the time right? Uh, with all the sports teams. But it was a move that I think you just kind of had to do, obviously, because the direction, like, honestly, it got really simple for me in this White Sox window with some of these things. Like, if you can't play defense, it's really hard to win a World Series. And every year for, like, the last three years, they've been out homered in their own ballpark, and we know what a launch pad guaranteed rate field is. And some of these things are just like you can't get around them. These are going to be big, major things in terms of winning a World Series. And when you're not even like the best at what you do within your own league, and then you see teams like the Dodgers or even the Braves, like these real big juggernauts in the National League to go along with the Houstons and maybe not so much the Yankees right now, but within the last few years, the Yankees and some of these powerhouses within the American League, it just didn't feel like they really had that winning window unless they were able to make some adjustments after Tony La Russa had to kind of give off because of health issues. He had to retire, um, maybe with the new manager, maybe with some new systems in place. But some of that stuff I think is like, you know, you saw what the Cubs did with the reshifting on run prevention and really going after pitching and defense. And a lot of people were wondering, well, getting rid of Wilson Contreras and some of these players, you're going to really struggle to score runs. And not to say that wasn't incorrect, but the idea was we're going to build our identity around this run prevention and we'll try to add in the offense where we can maybe take advantage of a DH spot like they are with Christopher Morrell having like that bopper who can't really defend. I feel like the White Sox needed to kind of go through some of that. And so if you're going to do a change at the roster level and refocus on pitching and defense and some of those things, probably Kenny and Rick aren't the best people to run that since they built a team of first basemen and DHs everywhere, and that caused a huge problem. And even some of their big free agent issues like Yasmani Grandal, the idea was really good, the pitch framing and the defense, but he's not very good at – stopping run uh stopping uh base runners and stealers and that obviously not to that's something that the white Sox could have necessarily foreseen but the bigger bases and some of those things made the base running defense that much more important even getting like andrew benatendi 
he's a solid outfielder, but he's not going to hit for power, and he can only play left field. And we know if you got a bad defender, you want to stick him at first base or left field. Those are the best places to hide somebody with poor defense. So some of these configurations just didn't make sense. You could do the whole let's trade Dylan Cease or Louis Roberts, and not that I'm saying that they should have, but that's Chris Sale and Jose Quintana all over again, and that's just going to put you right back at the beginning. And to your point with the Chris Getz, you really want to focus on farm system development, especially if you're not going to go big bang with the free agent money and be one of those big market teams. And I don't want to give too much shade to the White Sox with that. They've been top 10 payroll within the last couple of years, but we still know they haven't given a hundred million dollar contract to somebody. And it's only them, the Royals and the athletics. And those are some severe small market teams we're talking about that they have a company with. So overall, this is probably the time when, you know, you've got a superstar center fielder, you still got some good pitching assets. This is the time. If you're going to do a reshuffling or rebuilding or whatever you want to call it, I think where we are kind of aligned is just the concern of who's going to be that guy if it's an internal person. There's just too much. Maybe you have an internal guy that really could grow into that that position. But again, looking at Chicago sports in general, there's way too much of that. And what's been the most successful real period in this kind of like millennium within Chicago sports well, was having a lot of smart people at the Blackhawks that have kind of done it before, and they built that. And they obviously got two generational talent players that accelerated everything, but it was also the Theo Epstein Cubs, people that have done it before. We're still waiting on the Bears. Like We like how things are kind of moving, but we don't know if Ryan Poles is any good still. We have no idea, and we know going to that Kansas City bag hasn't worked for the Bears. I don't know if it's going to work for the White Sox either especially when they haven't had a ton of success in the last few years. But I guess to finally wrap up, I'm liking more of the reports that I'm hearing that they're at least, maybe they're still dead set on the gets more combination, but it sounds like they're going to do a national search somewhat. They're going to interview other candidates and hopefully Jerry Reinsdorf is keeping an open mind because I look at like James Click, and I know you're going to talk about some of the candidates, but he was the GM of the Astros that won a World Series, and they just kind of got rid of him. That's some of the guys you really got to at least really be getting information from, interviewing very hard, considering very hard, because they've done it before at that level, and they've been with successful organizations like James Click with the Tampa Bay Rays before then. You really want to lean on guys that have done it, in my opinion, especially if you're Jerry Reinsdorf, you're 88, and you want to see this become a winner. It's just such a wild card with somebody that hasn't done it before, and they haven't been overly successful in the position that they've been in currently. First of all, don't compare Ryan Pose to Matt Nagy, please. I think Ryan Pose has been a lot more competent and shown us that he knows what he's doing. To a degree, we still have to wait it out, but – I mean that that I won't let that one slide. Um, that's that's me battered. Just I understand. I understand. It's, it's the hurt. Fan. It's the hurt. It's the hurt. Um, something you brought up that stuck out to me, and this goes back to the Chris Getz situation. Chris Getz, for the most part, has been running the White Sox farm system, and you talked about pitching and defense. 
And the Sox really haven't been a good defensive team in a long time. But you know what the Sox used to be able to do? They used to be able to develop the hell out of pitching. Like the Sox were notorious for being able to have guys come from their farm systems and develop them into good pitching or guys they traded for. Um, but that was something. And also not just starters, but, you know, guys that are uh, in the bullpen also. And that has that's went away. Tell me the last homegrown good Sox pitcher that they drafted that who I don't I don't I can't even remember as of right now. Um, the last one. So and they're not I mean, even doing. You could maybe say Garrett Crochet, but he's been hurt, right? And so he and he's he hasn't proven himself outside of the damn uh, pandemic. You know what I'm saying? Year half a season or whatever. Um, they they don't even do what they used to do well. The fear was they don't know how to pick everyday players, right? Still the same. So I was fearful for them going to other people's farm systems, picking players when they were trading away their top talent because I'm like, you guys can't pick stuff when you're drafted. So how are you going to go uh, sit there and cherry pick somebody else's stuff and you can't do it when you got the whole draft to try to do it? Mm-hmm. Um, listen, with the Chris Getz situation, break off and break away. Chris Getz was groomed by Kenny and Rick. Um, I don't see – and this is, this is me on the outside. So, of course, I'm not p- privy – to a lot of things that may be good about what those people do in their jobs when it comes to baseball operations and general managing. Um, But I know that I don't want more of it. You know what I'm saying? And that way of thinking, that school of thought, and that's to say that Chris Getz doesn't have his own thoughts, but still he's been in that room. Now he hasn't had the hammer to be the full decision maker. So perhaps things will be different. I don't know how I would think he had a large control over the farm system. But again, we know Kenny, had, would do whatever the hell he wanted. You know what I'm saying? So that could have been meddling when it comes to Kenny Williams, when it comes to players in the farm system and the draft. So I can't put that all on Chris Getz, knowing that Kenny Williams did. There was a power struggle at times between Kenny and Rick. Um, but I just I, I think it's time for Jerry Reinsdorf and to kind of get into the next part of this, who would you want? It's time to break away from me and you had to be tight and you're like a son to me because you have, were a part of this organization in another way, and now you're going to come and learn how to do this. You just need to go out and get professionals, all right? So, again, I've, I've said that I'm not really down with the Drayton Moore. Uh, you already uh, brought up James Click, which to me would make perfect sense for you to go out and to bring him in. I will also probably want to say somebody that I would be big on would be um, – now, I don't know if he would want to come. His contract isn't finalized. Mike Rizzo, the national GM and president of baseball ops, Chicago native. He um he's his new contract has not has yet to be finalized. You got um who else do you have here? You have this one I really uh, love. David Peter. Stearns makes a lot of sense too. Yeah. I, I believe with the Brewers, he makes yeah. a lot of sense. Small market guy. Peter Bendix, uh, current role as senior vice president of baseball operations for the Tampa Bay Rays. You know I want something from Tampa. If you don't know, you should know. And I think we should all know. We want something out of that Tampa organization. Hopefully someone who's really in there doing something, not trying to diss our tears, Karnasovich, but it doesn't seem like, you know, bringing in that guy from Denver was that guy that we need to bring in. I hope it's not a Karnasovich situation. Um, but I want to get somebody, if we're talking about being cheap, to a degree. And as you said, their payroll is in the top 10, but they never spent over $100 million on a top player. And that's base. That's that's not even, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to say it 
that's just the price of dealing in baseball. But that's an understatement because that's been the price for dealing in baseball for like the last 15 to 20 years. Damn, they're paying players 100 million or more dollars, easily 20 years or whatever. Right. Um, so I would like to see a guy that can really infuse talent into this farm system. You also have uh, you, Mike Fast. Um, did you mention Mike Fast? Who is uh, with the Atlanta Braves and he spent time in Houston, too, because we're getting in some of that Houston. You know what I'm saying? You have uh, Sam Fold, the general and manager I like for the, the Phillies. I like the internal possible candidate, the Miami Marlins GM, Kim Nang. She yeah. uh, she would be another good one she where was it's like she's been in the system. Yeah. Right. Um, and Preston uh, Mattingly, also director of players for Philadelphia. There's a, it's basically also Brandon, last one. Brandon Gomes, executive vice president and general manager for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, I don't know why the hell he won't leave by the the way. L- L.A. and the Dodgers um, with the amount of money they spend and you're living in Los Angeles. But I'm just going to throw him out there for the sake of throwing him out there. Go ahead, Ryan. I, I, I like the Dave Dombrowski I've heard, too. Like, Jerry would never love working with Dave Dombrowski. All he does is, hey, I need that checkbook every five minutes and let me overpay for everything. But now, okay, but think about this. Isn't Dave Dombrowski a former White Sox guy? So I, I believe he was there with Tony. I believe Dave Tigers. I believe he was there with Tony. Okay, let me look it up. I believe he was there with Tony back in the 80s. And it's very possible. I just I just thought yep. that, that was a funny one to me because I, I don't see I, – usually his he began his, he began his career in uh, Chicago in 1978 as an administrative assistant. So, again, now this is before – this is right before Jerry buys the team. But Dave Dombrowski, he, he's, he's known Dave Dombrowski. I'm with you. Dave Dombrowski doesn't fit he, – he fits this part. While like Kenny, he'll trade that talent to – to bring yeah. in some, some he'll some go stars. for it. I was gonna say he'll, that he's yeah. like Kenny, go for it every year, but it's gonna come with a price tag, a right. big price tag. And I don't want that. I want I want to benefit from the players come through. We've known that what about 10 years ago it shifted from the value being on players in the majors to talent in the farm system because of the price control that you have over their contracts, you know. So like I want dog. I want to have. Now I don't want to have like a top five farm system for like two years, three years, and then when those guys come up, and I know the farm system dips, but it's at the bottom and it stays there for like four years. You know what I'm saying? I, I want to have it to where look, there's there's a there's lifebloods in there, and even guys that were drafted low, you're able to develop these players. I want that for my team. You know what I'm saying? I I really I want I want that consistency. That may not win world mean world series, but just give me as a White Sox fan consistent winning. You know what I'm saying? Like, can, and also give me a culture. You you mentioned how the Cubs changed to go defense and pitching, and we'll figure out the offense. Give me a coach. This team lacks a culture. All right, one from the style of play, but also from the attitude. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, and that's part of the problem when you do a full rebuild and you tank. You got to make sure you got guys in there, not just the, 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 the manager, but even throughout that front office that really can have the type of attitude that even though we went through losing, we're not losers and we don't settle for this. And they never really clicked back on we're winners of like that type of winning attitude. 
because a lot of them that before outside of the guys they brought in, they hadn't won like that. So that that's just one of the that's just how I feel. Is there anything else? I have one more subject, and I'm sorry I didn't tell you before um, that we got to talk about before we get out of here real quick. But did you have anything else on perhaps who White Sox should bring in or the uh, letting go or release of uh, Rickana or Kenny Williams? I think the big thing, because you're completely right about the minor league system. I mean, when you look at just in general, the Dodgers are a really great team, not just because they have a ton of money and they sign these free agents and they're a great location, but they are constantly, whether a guy gets injured or not, bringing up somebody from the farm system and they're completely filling those shoes. And then I look at a guy like Shohei Otani, like when Roberts is up for contract, you know, it might be one of those things where it's like, okay, do we really want to pay for past success? Is he worth, you know, depending on maybe some of the injuries, depending on some of the things that maybe could happen, you're sometimes at a crossroad as an executive. Like, do we want to play pay this super high AAV with this long-term money? And we don't even know if they can live out that contract. Well, it's very difficult to let those type of people go if you don't have kind of somewhat similar talent coming through the bottom or what the Braves did when they lost Freddie Freeman, what did they do? Well, we got a loaded farm system. Let's go get Matt Olson. Who's right. still in his prime. And then we'll right. sign him to a cheaper deal. And he's been not MVP because they already have the MVP on the team, but he's been up there as an MVP type candidate. It's the same thing with the, the catcher that they got, Sean Murphy. Hey, we need a catcher. We need a catcher. We got all these kids. We can go out and get a prime catcher and worry about spending the price tag later or sign him to a better deal now. So it just gives you that fluidity and I think that that kind of thought process of the fluidity has to go into whoever is the running person of this. And I like hearing the reports, we need one leader because this power struggle that they had with Kenny and Rick, I mean, of course it was going to blow up. You can't have a guys that can usurp others in certain areas versus not. It's just way too messy. And ego and pride is always going to come into uh, play with these things. But whatever decision maker is hired, they have got to have full autonomy to do whatever they want type thing. If they want to trade Dylan C, they have to be allowed to do that. Facts. Um, all right, last one, and this is something or that I whatever hate. kind of type move that is. This is something that we'll we'll put a button on that, Ryan. You 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 ended that perfectly. Um, this one's something I hate, uh, but we need to talk about it on this baseball podcast, and that's. Shohei Atani's injury and what's next with free agency when it comes to him. Um, listen, I love me some Shohei. I mean, I love me. I remember me and D used to argue about Shohei Atani, and D was like, they shouldn't sign him. And I'm like, dude, even if he can't pitch, he's, he's going to be a great hitter. Like, you're going to get – like, either way, you're going to get signed. If you get both, look out. And for the last two years, we've been getting both and looking out. And with that UCL tear and knowing that he's going to get his second Tommy John surgery, I think he's going to come back close because he's a beast, you know, like physically, let, let alone mentally. To be able to perform like that, pitching and hitting in, in, a, in a foreign country, you are mentally a beast, but physically you can look at that young man. He is a specimen. I hate to hear it. I know he's going to continue to DH and hit. Um, I think the great thing about Shohei is he's been so great that this may affect his money, but it won't affect it as much as it would affect a lot of other players who got who have this type of injury prior to free agency. One, because he can hit, but two, because he's a freak of 
fucking nature. Um, I, the thing is now, you know, that you get diminishing returns of the second um, uh, second Tommy John surgery. I think this. OK, I got it. I got it. I got a conspiracy theory for you. Right. Because people are still hammering and dissing the uh, angels for not moving him, which they wouldn't have gotten a haul because he didn't have any more time control in his contract. So in a way, I get them holding on to him. But I think the angels knew his his his, his elbow was shredded. <laughs> and they I'm be, just listen, just listen to this, because and they're like, listen, also. And I, I know most people to follow us know they let him get away with a lot of shit. I don't mean that in a negative sense, but he's allowed to do his own thing. Right. So, like, it just I'm sure his regiment, whatever he has to do, that's Shohei. Yeah, we got a hitting coach. We got a pitching coach. Shohei does his own thing. Right. Um, and some organizations may not give you that, but he's fucking showing you Tani. If you want to bring him in, you will probably acquiesce to let him do what the hell he wants to do. He's shown you he can do well doing it. Um, but the reason I'm saying this is they can come to him now and say, listen, we'll give you that 500 mil. And we don't, we're not worried about the fact that you can't pitch next season. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, and you're used to you're used to being here. I'm referring to the Angels. You can continue to do what you want. You can rehab the way that you want. You've rehabbed this injury before. You're part of this family, but we will give you all your money. And whatever happens, we don't care if you're not allowed to pitch. If we have to move you to the bullpen, whatever happens, you know you can be you. Where there may be some teams, and I think they'd be foolish to go in saying this. And maybe they're not. That are like, you know what? We may just want you to hit because we know. That if you're hitting, we if you're not trying to pitch, you can stay healthy. Even though that that Tommy John surgery doesn't affect his hitting because he hits left and he pitches right, so you're not getting with that twerk is on that that right elbow when he's when he's hitting basically. Um, but yeah, I, I I think the Angels may have pulled one off as far as you I know like what. It. It, you, we like we because think about how early they like you know I know like recently his his velocities went down but you know you and your trainer start talking if he he's kind of feeling this he's kind of feeling that you know whatever whatever like they're gonna be in early and they know like let's just hold on to because the risk of him trading him somewhere for a few months and he likes it you know what I'm saying and they're winners you know what I'm saying and like that 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 could instantly stop from you having any chance of getting it back he still may have an affinity and be like yeah I want to come back but he had an experience winning and in the playoffs so it'd be like in, in his legacy because people then would be like you went there you guys went to the playoffs or even deep in the playoffs and then you left there to go back to a team that hasn't been in the playoffs since way before you even arrived there and with having one of the best players of a generation and Mike Trout so for me, I think the Angels may have played this out brilliantly if they already knew way earlier that he had this injury and it, it raises the level of perhaps desire that Shohei may have with staying with the uh, Angels moving forward. I like it. I like the conspiracy. I could totally see that. That would make a ton of sense. And I, I just in terms of Shohei, you mentioned it, the bullpen. I wonder how much of some of the pitches will be from other teams because, you know, you're you were paying for the pitcher and the batter and maybe some teams kind of get scared off on the pitcher a little bit, knowing like, hey, he's not going to be able to do that for a minute. And on top of it, can he because he's been having issues kind of with it since he's been in the majors. But I wonder if you try to sell him as like uh, Felix or uh, 
I think it's Felix Batista out in uh, Baltimore or just like one of these like Mariano Rivera. Like what if you are our finisher guy? Like besides a starting pitcher, what's the most famous pitcher on a pitching staff? It's the closer. Right. You would still be hitting them bombs. You would still get the pitching. If you're going to overpay for anything that's not a starter in terms of pitching, you're going to overpay for that closer. Usually the money fits with that. And I wonder teams will do some of a, a similar strategy of like, hey, let's kind of cover our ass a little bit. Let's try to maximize him physically. We'll give him still that same amount of money. But let's do this pitch of like, hey, how about instead of being a starter, you finish these games for us. You win the games for us. And look, you could be Dennis Eckersley going from a starter to a closer, or you can be like, um, what was the Atlanta Braves pitcher that went to closer? John Smoltz. Thank you. Or you can be, and I got drafted by the, the Tigers. Uh, you could be like John Smoltz, who went back to start it. So it, you, 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 it could be both, where he 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 closes for a couple years, or he's in a bullpen, and then he gets his, his arm. Arm feels a lot better. And he's like, you know what? I want to go back to starting. You know what I'm saying? I want to have this many days off in between rather than going uh, three times a week or four times a week or whatever. Um, but again, I'll say this, and I could be wrong. If he wasn't as physically gifted as what he is, I'd be fearful. But man, this dude, this dude is arguably the greatest baseball player ever. <laughs> And like, to your point, to your point, like I would look at all the high, like the top end position player contracts. I mean, it's like if he never pitches again, he's still going to be worth that alone with his batting. Like he is one of the and, best hitters out there. And uh, you you have a whole continent of people that's into him that you can sell merchants and everything to. You know, like you 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 have. All of Asia, you know, like you, you have Korea, Japan, um, like you, that's the, a lot of merch. The turn style that you get, like I don't care what you do in terms of attendance. As soon as he's there, everybody wants to see that shit. And I'll say this too: this may be this may benefit the Angels regardless. Once you have a player like that, that is, I was watching Little League World Series, and they asked these kids who their um, favorite oh, yeah. superhero was. Your favorite. Mm-hmm. And his kids say Shohei Atane, and I was like, "That's damn right, right?" And I forgot—I don't know if they were from Korea. I think they were from Korea, uh, South Korea. And the point that I'm making is, you look at like the affinity outside of when Daryl Morey spoke that um, people in China had for the Houston uh, Rockets because of Yao Ming playing there. You look at how here in Chicago, where you have Manny Minosa, but then you have uh, Jose Contreras. And you have Pito, and it's a list of Cubans that we've had here. And it, 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 it's, it's one of those things where in Cuba, the White Sox are probably one of the teams, the preferable teams or whatever. And the Angels, you do you do that, where there's going to be players over there that know one, you acquiesce and you allow them to be them. And, you you know, you give them the creature comforts that they desire moving to a four. Um, so, again, I think, that, I think the Angels may have pulled a nice one. A smart move to have. I mean, this is the thing. Remember that how people used to always complain, like, yo, Mike Trout doesn't sell. Like, Rob Manford was getting on Mike Trout. I think it was Rob Manford. I don't think it was Buzz Selig, but it may have been Buzz Selig. I think it was Buzz Selig. It was actually Buzz Selig was talking about that Mike Trout doesn't sell the game and all this. Okay, cool. Uh, um, Shohei speaks a whole nother language for the most part. Not to say he speaks a little English, and I'm sure he understands it. Um, 
and he, I would say he's a bit more uh, uh, outgoing than Trout is. But the fact, and Mike Trout was the best player of a generation, gener of generations. The fact that Shohei is Shohei, we pay attention to the Angels. You know, like you may tune in for some Mike Trout Angels when he was really doing his thing, but Shohei, you, yeah, you, you watch, yeah. you're watching the Angels. It's it's different. You know what I'm saying? It's different. I can say I am exactly that person. Like the Mike Trout Angel never really hit high on the on the meter, and now some of that was I was living in the Midwest at the time. Right, so you really were going games. to bear exactly. But, but you I live didn't on the West Coast now. As early, but I didn't have to wake up as early either in the Midwest like I do now, and I will stay up for some Shohei for sure. Right, it's different, you know, and that's an asset to hold on to. And I'll say this lastly: if he's healthy, someone to trade for him, and he's under kind. You like unlike now, you would have him tied up there. There's a team with let's just say let's just say ne not next season, the year after he's back to starting, right? He doesn't want to be there, but he has his money. So he got all the money he wanted. The Angels realize one, it's better for them now if he's healthy because they didn't have enough years of control to really sell it to an organization to get a lot of prospects back, valuable prospects back. If he's healthy and they retain him, they can dog the Dodgers and the Yankees, the Mets. All right, and San Diego Padres will give you whatever the hell you damn near ask for. And that's just, I'm just naming 14, and the Boston Red Sox, right, will probably give you whatever the hell you ask for to bring him in, you know, or an up-and-coming Seattle team, particularly those teams on a Pacific Rim. You know they they already, but period. But, uh, yeah, that's my thought on Shohei. I wish Shohei the best. I hope he comes back to the dominance that he – that he's shown us that no, he thought oh, we've seen something in a sport that's damn near 200 years old that's never happened. Babe right. Ruth, hey y'all, Babe Ruth wasn't doing this. Not All right, this. with the rest, maybe, right. maybe for a year or something or a limited quantity, like nothing. It wasn't that he wasn't hitting, he would listen, he could hit, and especially in today's MLB, right. exactly. In today's he wasn't, I mean, until he became just an everyday player was when the explosion of home runs took place with Babe Ruth. This dude is leading the league with homers and has over 120-something strikeouts. This is ridiculous. With the velocity these pitchers are pitching right now, this is crazy. So that's my part. The preparation I wish him the best. and everything? Oh my everything. God. Uh, let's go ahead. Something else you want to add before we get out of here? No, just uh, like Babe Ruth. I, I love hearing some of his stats and everything, but unfortunately that era is more like Sandlot compared to what this era is. Like the preparation, the amount of like study that goes into it. Like you talk about the velocity and physical peakness of every athlete on the field now. It's it's crazy seeing him do what he does. Like he's really got to be talked about as maybe the best ever for sure. Definitely. All right, real, real quick. The, hot, the most home runs Babe Ruth hit as a Boston Red Sox, and we're talking primarily when he was a pitcher, was 29. And that's if – and I got to go back and see that he switched – was he more of an everyday player that year? Because I, I forget when it was when someone told him, you better off being an everyday player because of his power. And then I believe the first year with the Yankees, he had more home runs than the entire MLB combined. But um, yeah. still. I love that stat. Right. <laughs> 
So anyway, everybody, uh, we always appreciate you taking a little bit of time to spend with Ryan and myself. Uh, we're definitely going to drop a podcast talking about concerts that we've gone to or planning to go to uh, recently. And then we're going to hit you with some bear stuff next week with cut day coming up. So stay tuned. Um, we're definitely going to be here. You be here for us. We'll be here for you. Uh, everybody, one thing we always say and we'll finish on this, please be safe. <laughs>